0: Welcome to the Lowdown Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kevin Scott, and today I'm excited to be coming to you with a solo pod. I'm going to look back at week five, minus the Bills-Titans game, because it's Tuesday, it hasn't happened yet, and just take a look at some of the most important developments for fantasy. And what I'm going to do is look at running back and receiver and tight end specifically, since those are the most crucial positions, And just talk through uh, what are the big things to know from the week, either for waivers or potential trades or whatever you uh, really need to know. And what I'm going to do is go through that with a 5-10-5 format. So five items for running backs, 10 for receivers because there's more of them, and five for tight ends. And hopefully all that will be a help. Uh, Before I dive in, I want to remind you that you can interact with us through Twitter. You can follow me at KevinScottFF, my regular co-host Kyle at Leith. And the show at the Lowdown FF Pod. We are also still looking to get our review numbers up uh, increased on Apple Podcasts. So, if you could j- jump over there even today while you're listening and just give us a review, uh, a rating, uh, that would be so helpful. And, you know, one of the things, tell somebody about the podcast. We'd love to grow this community. Uh, so, if you could help us spread the word, that would be awesome. Okay, let's dive in and we're going to start with the five developments at the running back position. The first thing I wanted to mention has to do with the Ravens. And you know, it's a hard time to have any Ravens running back on your team right now. The Ravens seem to be doing their darndest to make sure that none of their running backs have any value. So on Sunday, Gus Edwards played on 40% of snaps. Ingram played on 30% of snaps. And Dobbins played on 29%. Almost a perfectly even split. On the field, Ingram received 11 touches, Edwards 7, and Dobbins 4. This just makes all of them essentially unusable. You you pretty much can't play any of them unless you really need somebody who's getting some touches. I mean, with how many injuries there are and with the buys coming up, you're going to have to play these guys if you have them, most likely, at different times. But the thing I wanted to mention here is I don't really see this changing, unfortunately. I think this is who the Ravens want to be, a heavy-run offense that... Uh, gives all these guys work, so none of them were out. I could the only thing I could see changing is I think uh, certainly long term ingram is is done. I think this is his last year, and so um Dobbins is gonna be their guy. uh they may keep Edwards too. they love him uh but Dobbins is gonna be their primary ball carrier as Ingram has been to this point for the last couple of years. So as we get closer to the end of the season, like I'm talking week uh you know ten on, I could see Dobbins start to inch up in the usage and in the carries especially since he'll be fully acclimated to the offense by then. But it's going to be tough if you have Dobbins on your team, especially in deep leagues where you're starting a bunch of guys and have all the buys to hold him. If you can and wait it out, I mean, great, I'd do it. But um, I'm certainly going to be considering dropping him coming up shortly with all these injuries on several of my teams. So just for what it's worth, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. The next on my list is that it seems like it's officially time to be concerned about Edwards Hilaire, or as they, the guys on the broadcast always say, Edwards Eler. <laughs> he looks fine. Actually, he looks good uh, most of the time, but the way that they're using him is just not working. He's not getting an opportunity to shine or kind of get loose. Now, you, you probably know if you're listening to this that I'm a Chiefs fan. So I watch every snap. Most of his carries, uh, when he gets them, are straight into the line, which is super frustrating. They're not pitching him to the outside. They're not running counters. They're just running him straight into the line. And I'll tell you one thing I'm very confident about. This offensive line is not playing well. They they lost their probably their best guard, Laurent Duverney tardif When he opted out for COVID, they just lost their best guard so far this year, Kolechio Simile, on Sunday with torn ligaments in his knees. I don't know who they're going to have replace him, but I think the best case would be if they went out and brought somebody in. This is an ugly, ugly line right now. They let Mahomes get hit way too many times this week. And in my opinion for CEH, just needs to do a better job of designing plays so he can get going um you have to you have to start giving him designed passes so he's getting plenty of uh of you know 60% of snaps and he's getting plenty of targets he had eight targets on Sunday but they're not like designed targets where he's running like an angle route or a wheel route it's almost always happening when Mahomes is under pressure <clears throat> or it's a, like just a flare out to the sideline and that's just not going to get uh, him loose so i'm just concerned now you drafted him in the first round if you drafted late or even second or third if you drafted early with how running backs are right now, you almost have to start him. I get that. And I'm certainly going to keep starting him with the hope that they figured out. But I just want to mention that to say that I'm concerned. The next one, another uh, bit of news that I guess could be seen as positive or negative, but the negative part is Kenyon Drake. Uh, The Cardinals, you know, they they look pretty good as a team, as an offense overall, but Kenyon Drake has looked poor all year. On Sunday, he played 67% of snaps Chase Edmonds played on 45. So Edmonds snaps are creeping up. Uh, the the interesting part was that Drake received 19 touches and Edmonds received eight, but Drake went for 62 total yards and Edmonds went for 92 total yards. And that is an efficiency gap that just keeps occurring. Uh, It makes many of us think that the coaches should or will hand more work to Edmonds. I could see Edmonds becoming sort of just like a 1A, 1B situation or even becoming the starter. Uh, So far, Drake is still the lead back, but I would definitely pick up Edmonds if he's available. Uh, He has certainly been the better back so far. To me, Drake just looks slow. He looks a little clunky and not dynamic, which is really what set him apart last season when he got to Arizona. You know, you had David Johnson who looked clunky and then Drake looked dynamic. And it's kind of the inverse here. I don't know if it's something they're feeding him or they're drinking, but he's just looking old all of a sudden. So it could be an injury and he'll get better. But if you drafted Drake in the first or second round, you're struggling, you're annoyed. And I guess I would continue to play him um, because you probably have to. But if Edmonds is available, get him. Or even try to acquire him if you have trades uh, because he looks great. The Rams uh, are another team, super frustrating, way more frustrating even than the Cardinals. They are in a full-blown running back by committee. Daryl Henderson played 29 snaps, uh, Malcolm Brown 26, and Akers 13. Uh, On those snaps, Henderson received 18 touches and the other two received nine each. So Henderson appears to be the, the one to own nominally at the moment. Uh, acres did look explosive on the ground, had a couple nice runs and finished nine for 61. I'm just avoiding, um, all of them when possible. I have a few teams. I have all three of them because I was hedging my bets. Um, I am trying not to start any of them. I get that I could start Henderson. I, I didn't this past week, even though he had a nice game in the end, but just the way that these guys, uh, that this team splits up snaps, it's so frustrating I'm just hoping that uh, at some point Brown will be phased out and that it'll just be a split between Henderson and Acres. I could handle that. But for now, it's tough. Uh, next on my list, the last running back item is that Justin Jackson does appear to be the one the back to own for the Chargers from the Monday night game. He looked good. Uh, and I do mean just while Eckler is out. Uh, Jackson played on 59% of snaps while Joshua Kelly fell to 35%. Uh, but the way that they were used was more striking. Jackson received 15 target, or fifteen carries and 6 targets and Kelly only received 11 carries and 1 target and you know, Jackson was just far more effective uh, both on the ground and through the air. Uh, so this situation may only last a few weeks uh, because you would assume Eckler will be back in about a month. But for those who picked up Jackson, uh, it looks like you're going to get that paid off. That was a nice pickup. If he's still on your wire, uh, he's going to cost more this week for sure, but I would still consider picking him up. Um, not, I wouldn't spend a ton of my money on him because of uh, the situation with Eckler, but certainly one to keep in mind. Moving on to receivers, uh, to our, our 10 items here, I want to start with DJ Moore. Uh, Moore uh, has been one of the more confounding receivers in the league so far particularly because of where he was taken. Um, he he did this week play the most snaps among all wide receivers on his team. Um, he did score a touchdown, uh, but the usage trends for the entire season so far clearly suggest that Robbie Anderson is the wide receiver one in Carolina. And I, I will tell you, it pains me to say that, but I believe it's the truth. Uh, for some reason, Whether it's because he's improved in a skill set, or because the Carolina coaches love him, or because he just clicks with Bridgewater, whatever it is, he's the wide receiver one. And on Sunday, he again far outpaced Moore in targets. He had 13 targets, and Moore only had five. Uh, He turned his 13 targets into eight for 112. Moore turned his into four for 93 and a touchdown. So Moore did have a long touchdown, but I will. I just want to emphasize. If he didn't have his 57-yard touchdown, it would have been yet another three for 30, which has been basically every week so far for him. This was the first week he got loose with a touchdown. But um, anyway, it's it's been ugly for Moore, and if you drafted him in the third round, you got to keep playing him. Um, you just can't expect high-end production until he starts seeing at least an equal share with Anderson of the targets. The next on the wide receiver list for me, I want to mention T. Higgins. Uh, this guy, it looks like, if you picked him up a couple weeks ago, it was a good pickup. It's one that is probably going to pan out. He he played 81% of snaps leading the Bengals receivers. He also led the group in targets with, with eight. Uh, he ended with four catches for 62 yards against a very good defense. And at this point, it just seems like he's leaped ahead of A.J. Green and uh, the coach's depth chart. Um, he should have legitimate value the rest of the way. And Speaking of A.J. Green, I just said on Twitter re- uh, earlier today, I don't I don't think um, he, he's going to continue playing on the Bengals for very long. I think they're done with him. Now, the tricky part is that he's on a franchise tag. He's making $18 million this year on a one-year deal. I don't see anyone, even for a seventh-round pick, trading for him because of that salary. So the most likely scenario for me is that the Bengals end up not finding a trade partner and cutting him. Second most likely is they don't, they don't let him go at all. He just stays on the roster and is nominally helpful. Um but and I guess there's a chance he gets traded if somebody's willing to take on the salary or, or adjust his contract. But um I don't I don't think he's gonna play much longer on this team. that they interviewed Zach Taylor, the coach today, and he was very mum about it, which is usually a bad sign. So anyway, just something to keep in mind. If you have AJ Green, I would not drop him because he may get picked up by a really good team or be in a better situation. Uh, but certainly, he's headed to the bench for everybody at this point. Uh, the next on my list is Henry Ruggs. I just wanted to mention it. Hey, he had a nice game. He's fast. Uh, he he did play on sixty four percent of snaps. But just keep in mind, uh, or, you know, don't overreact to this nice game. He played um, most of the targets, but or most of the snaps. But he only had three targets. Um, he did catch one for a long touchdown. But I just think uh, he he can't be in your starting lineups unless you're in a super, you know, a league with a super huge starting lineup um, until he's receiving five or six targets a week. I mean, three targets just isn't going to get it done. Uh, you can get more production, more consistent production out of uh, other other spots. Even a guy like Cole Beasley is going to generally produce more than Henry Ruggs at his current spot. Now, I could be wrong on that, especially if they start giving him more targets, it just seems like they're um, they're still not going to throw the ball all that much, even in a game where they, you know, Carr kind of went off against the Chiefs here. He didn't, he only got three targets, so just take it with a grain of salt. Next on my list is that Cliff Kingsbury apparently hasn't figured out what the rest of us see, and that is that Andy Isabella should be getting Larry Fitzgerald snaps. Uh, instead, Fitzgerald played on 80% of snaps behind only Hopkins. Uh, I know that the guy is a great player. I know he's a Hall of Famer, but he's old now, and he's kind of slow, and he's not very agile. So those seven high-value targets need to be going to a more dynamic player. Uh, Fitzgerald went four for 35. Isabella, meanwhile, played on 31% of snaps, only got three targets, went two for 30. I I mean, if you have Isabella, I I picked him up in in a... bunch of leagues uh after he kind of showed signs of life there because i i know how talented he is if you have him i recommend holding if you can if you, with all these buys coming up if there's any way you can hold him, i would do it um, uh, there will be leagues where i have to cut him, and it is what it is but you gotta hope that this coaching staff figures out quickly this guy needs more playing time and that it should come Uh, I guess it could come at someone else's expense like Christian Kirk, but I think it needs to come at Fitzgerald's expense. The next on my list is Jeff Smith. And you're supposed to say who? And I will say, you know, the guy on the Jets that nobody's heard of. Uh, Yes, he only had three catches for 23 yards. Um, It it wasn't only because Flacco's under center, although Flacco stinks. Um, Here's the thing you got to know, though. He played all but one snap, a 99 percenter, and he had 11 targets. You know, if you're in dire need of help at wide receiver, it's 11 targets. I mean, there could be weeks where he catches five or six of them if he's going to continue getting that kind of work. Uh, you got to consider picking Smith up for cheap if you're desperate. Um, maybe watch him for a week or two. He could certainly pay off, you know, especially if Darnold comes back and, and starts playing a little better. If he even turns in those targets into, like I said, five or six receptions for 60 yards, and that's that has value. So just a guy to consider picking up. The next two I want to talk about are the kind of the waiver-wired darlings from this week. Just wanted to give my input. Uh, many are going to excitedly bid on these guys. The first one is Travis Fulgham. He went for 10 catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown on 13 targets. I just want to say here, bid on him, that's fine, but be very conservative. Remember that he is playing behind, uh, or because, of Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rager all being injured. And once those guys return, now there's a chance that Fulgham continues to play a good amount of snaps, especially if they, you know, the coaches say, hey, this guy's better than dusty old Alshon Jeffrey. Let's keep him in there. And there's a good chance that's true, by the way. Uh, But the most likely scenario is that even if he does continue to play, his targets are going to come way down because of all these other weapons that are suddenly available. So just bid with some caution there. And the second guy is Chase Claypool, of course. Um, While his. Um, production is more sustainable than Fulgham's, in my opinion. He, you know, and he has been producing to some extent all year. He too really only took off because Deontay Johnson again went down early with an injury, an injury that killed many of our hopes for the week. Uh, because of how great Claypool has looked, though, it's possible you know he's going to play the the third uh, wide receiver role or even push Johnson for more snaps. Um, he certainly looks like he's probably going to play ahead of Washington. He's he's much better so far. He just, he makes a nice ad, uh, but I would still call it a speculative ad because uh, he's not locked into any sort of role. It's not like, you know, Johnson's done for the year or Juju has been benched or anything like that. Uh, so I would maybe not spend more than, I don't know, 10% of your fab because um, it's not going to be a weekly Uh, spike like we just saw. Next on my list is is Preston Williams. And this is a guy that I would actually have number one on my list of pickups if he is somehow available in your league. Um, You know, here's the thing with Preston Williams. He had a pretty bad knee injury. I think it was an ACL last season. Many thought because of when it happened, he would not be here for the start of the 2020 season. Um, But he worked his way back fast and he was there for the start of the season. But uh, most knew, hey, he's going to be a little slow to start. And that's what's happened. It looked like he was a little bit, you know, uh, struggling with uh, explosiveness early in the the season in the first four weeks. It looks like he's starting to get that back. He had a couple of very nice long catches uh, and against a very good defense in the 49ers. He produced four for 106 and a touchdown. So, you know, they they also led the game um, almost the whole way. So they didn't have to throw it much. This is a team that's generally going to have to throw it like crazy. So if he, if he gets going like this, he could become a league winner. If he's on your wire, I'd bid aggressively to get him. And you know, if you're in a dynasty league or a, a league with trades, it's not maybe the best time because he just had a nice week, but I would consider trying to target him. Uh, two more on my wide receiver list here. The first one is uh, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, the, the Colts offense looks really terrible. And that is because Philip Rivers looks really, really terrible. But T.Y. Hilton finally showed some signs of life. He played on 95% of snaps, and because they were finally in a a clear comeback mode, he got 10 targets, went for 6 for 69, and he looked generally pretty good, pretty quick, um, in and out of breaks, nice route running, etc. So I would consider adding him, um, I'm sorry, he's not going to be on the wire, I'd consider trying to acquire him, or if you have him and you've been benching him like I have, uh, just keep him in the back of your mind as a potential start here, depending on the matchup, because It does look like he's back to explosiveness. And the biggest thing I would look for is whether they're facing a really uh, strong front. Uh, If they are, Rivers is going to be under pressure and Hilton is likely going to do nothing. But if they're facing a weaker front, it could be a boom uh, week for Hilton. And the last item on my wide receiver list is the Cowboys wide receiver snaps. Now, of course, we have the sad news with Dak Prescott. That was gruesome and ugly. It reminded me of Alex Smith. And you don't want that for anybody. Um, Under any circumstances, but here's the thing that the Cowboys still have Andy Dalton Nobody loves Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton can get the job done. He's not a typical backup He produced helped uh, a.J. Green produce some really awesome week uh, awesome seasons and has enough skill uh, To keep these guys valuable. I wanted to mention the snaps and the targets from week five for these guys Gallup played 97 percent of snaps Cooper played 64 percent of snaps And Lamb, 55% of snaps. But the targets, Gallup got four, Cooper got four, Lamb got 11. To me, that is a remarkable stat. I mean, he played half as much as Gallup, essentially, and got seven more targets. It just speaks to how often Lamb gets open, how often he's able to shake coverage. And I just believe wholeheartedly the guy is a special player. He's going to be a top receiver in this league within a couple years. You think he's clearly... For me, he's already better than Gallup. I was drafting him ahead of Gallup um, early in the the draft season. Uh, As soon as they took him, I said, that's their second receiver right now. Um, I know he's playing in the slot, and that's actually good for him. I I, I see him overtaking Cooper at some point as well. He's just a great player. Um, Obviously, I just say that to say he he should be in your lineups 100% of the time going forward. And even with Dalton, that doesn't change anything for me. Cooper should be in your lineups too now. Gallup had a couple of nice plays at the end there with Dalton, so maybe watch that. They may have a connection. I don't think any of them are um, should be necessarily benched just because Dalton's in there. All right, let's move on to our final group of tight ends. I got five items I want to look at. The first one is that Matt Ryan uh, is playing very poorly, which ironically makes Hayden Hurst an interesting trade target for me if you have trades in your league. Um, Ryan had another awful day, which led to Hurst having a pretty poor day. He had only two catches for eight yards but he did receive six targets and he played on 83 percent of snaps and you know with Dan Quinn being fired the hope is this offense could improve they shake stuff up enough maybe you know it gets their attention and they start calling better games etc so in my opinion Hurst has a lot of upside um, I, I'm not going to go crazy here but if you can acquire him on the cheap or if he got dropped um, I definitely uh would, would like him on my team because it is thinking hard to find tight ends that are worth anything this season. And speaking of, the next guy on my list is Drew Sample, uh, another guy that is was a big pickup a couple weeks ago after Uzoma got yeah, Uzoma got hurt. Uh he played on ninety-four percent of snaps tar- uh, sample did this week. And you know, it's gonna be missed by a lot of people because he only caught two balls, only had two targets, but that was against a very tough Ravens defense. So for me, I just wanted to mention Sample as a hold in tight end premium leagues. If, if he's, I'm sure he's on a ton of wires, the majority of leagues he's on the wire. Just keep an eye on him because there's going to be some nice days as they face easier, softer defenses. The next guy on my list is Zach Ertz. Uh, so sad, so unfortunate, right? I mean, this guy played on 95% of snaps, had a great opportunity um, with all these other guys out. He did get six targets, but just caught one for six yards. I mean, so many teams were, were you know, they took a loss because of this performance. And I'm going to have to study the tape uh, to know why this is happening. If this is just like a major skill regression, or if this is just due to defenses focusing on taking him away. Uh, my guess is that this is mainly due to what the defense is choosing to do. Like they're probably bracketing him doubling him because they know that um there's no other really (laughs) no other targets out there now Fulgham, if they knew what he could do they probably would have focused on him some more but you know you've got goddard out you have got deshaun jackson jeffrey rager all out so i would guess the Steelers just totally said hey he's not going to beat us and he did not Uh, if you have him of course you drafted him early you do not drop him he's going to have big weeks in the future um, but he, you know, if there is a lot of skill regression and I see that on tape, I'm just going to try to do whatever I can to trade him. And if I'm in a league with no trades, like the FFPC leagues, I'm just going to do whatever I can to get some other option on my team. Uh, because down the down the stretch, you don't want to be putting up one for sixes. Of course, next on my list is another disappointment. We already mentioned the Rams. Uh, Tyler Higbee is becoming nearly impossible to play. Uh He played on nearly twice as many snaps as gerald everett fifty six to thirty, but everett went for four for ninety, and Higby went two for twelve uh he He's just you know he had a three touchdown game, and yet you would still say he's been become one of the most disappointing draft picks of this season and Here's the most frustrating part to me when when he's running routes, he looks great I mean when he gets the ball in his hands, he looks scary and dominant. he reminds me of Kelsey out there. With the ball, he's just, uh, he's dynamic. He's a tackle breaker, sort of uh, not quite like Kittle, but he's just a beastly guy. And it's for some reason, uh, McVay wants to keep him in to block. It's likely because the offensive line is not very good and they need the help. And, you know, if I think back to last year, the Rams, you know, their season was basically squashed because they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't do anything with the line. So it does make some sense that he's decided, hey, we're going to use Higby to block and it's possible that Everett's lack of blocking skill helps him in fantasy because uh, he's running the routes uh, because he can't block very well so it kind of stinks the whole thing if Higby's on your wire I'm sorry if Everett's on your wire uh, definitely pick him up in case this continues but man I I don't know what to do with Higby except if I have him in most of the leagues where I have him he's my like I have to play him he's the only guy I can play really Um, maybe though a guy like Sample is going to start sneaking into my lineup ahead of him because, um, because of how bad he looks. The last item on the list here is uh, in Indianapolis, Trey Burton played on 45% of snaps for the Colts, was the only tight end with a catch for the team. He received six targets, went five for 33. So I don't think that means that Doyle and Ellie Cox are like out. or They're not going to get targets going forward, but it seems like they want Burton to be their pass-catching tight end. That's, that's evident that uh, they're working hard to get him the ball. That, that is unfortunate to me, mainly because I just don't think he's that good. I also think, man, I think of the possibilities with Allie Cox, but hey, it is what it is. I would pick up Burton. He's most likely available in the majority of leagues, and especially in tight end premium, if you get in five receptions at tight end, you're valuable. So I would pick him up and hope that that continues if you do pick him up. So that's going to wrap up those uh, those three positions. I hope that was helpful for you. I do write an article every week for fftoday.com and where I cover the usage statistics, uh, the most important items for you to know at these positions. So these will be on there in addition to uh, many others, like 50 other items. So check out that uh, article that'll that'll be posted on my Twitter account. I do again, encourage you to interact with us on Twitter. You can follow me and and chat with me at Kevin Scott FF or Kyle at Kyle and we appreciate you listening. Uh, please go ahead and give us a, a rating or review. We would love that. Uh, thank you for uh, being a part of this community. We do hope that this uh, podcast continues to grow and gets more and more listeners. And you will be one of the early adopters, which is awesome. But uh, again, please spread the word and help us grow this thing. Thank you for uh, being with us. For Kyle Leith, who's not with us today, my producer, Mark Bobro, and I am Kevin Scott. Have a great day.